All right, everybody, welcome to an exclusive Buckeye Show podcast. This is the best of the Buckeye Show for the week of, what is this, May 7th? The week that started with uh, Monday, May 9th. There we go. Got to get my week set up. And we had a couple shows with Antonio Pittman on Monday and Tuesday. We had a good interview with Stephen Means from The Plain Dealer, who I think is one of the more underrated guys who covers the Buckeyes. And of course, my guy who's... Right here with us now, we've had three episodes with our good friend Tyvis Powell and our fine producer Bodie Wells is here. Boys, it's good to talk to you. Tyvis, how we doing, man? Oh, man, fantastic, man. Anytime we get to talk Buckeyes with the legendary Timothy Hall, I mean, that's that's you can't beat that with a bat. Oh, no, please don't. Please don't start with the legendary stuff. I feel yeah. like you're being so sarcastic. Tim, you're an icon in the Columbus area. <laughs> Must be nice to be an icon. I'd trade it for what you are, though. Uh, I don't know. People like you more. Do you have to go and tend to your baby? <laughs> yeah, let me go get her her thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bodie, though, you produced the show. Yep. Almost, what was almost every day. Almost every day. What was working for you this week? What did you like that was, we hit on? Yeah, it was fun to go through uh, some of the superlatives. It was maybe one of the more negative ones, but the what if was fun. I think it's something that we can all relate to as sports fans. Even else, We obviously focus on Ohio State, but even outside of Ohio State, we all have those moments that are like, God, what if that one game for my team went a different way? Yeah, It's always just a fun conversation. Ohio State's always in the mix, mm-hmm. so there's always just those games, and look, they win more than they lose most of those games, that's for sure, but there's always those games that you can look back on and be like, man, what if that Clemson game went our way? What if the Kentucky game in the, I believe it was the Sweet 16 Brandon Knight. Hits yeah, the pull yeah, up jumper. yeah, we did. Yeah, we like, did touch on that. I don't know if that's going to be in the segment that you hear because we spanned many segments when we talked about that. But again, the whole point is you can go back and listen to the complete show. If you just go and scan the five episodes from this week and listen to them in their entirety or just a little bit of what we're going to package for you here right now, this will be just sort of an express highlighted version. But Michigan State was a common thread I mean, in, the, in the what-if conversations. And two of those games, we really we didn't talk enough about the 1998 one, but that one came up after the fact a lot from people of that era. And I know it kills my Before guy, my D. Miller. Time. Oh, yeah, but it kills my guy, <laughs> D. Miller, to this day because that's one of the few wins that you had over Michigan that year in the Cooper era, but you lost to Michigan State, and that was Nick Saban and Plaxico Burris, and it was a huge comeback for Sparty, too. But really, you look at the Big Ten championship game, where we didn't hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde. It was the first loss in the Urban Meyer era after 24-0. Yeah. And mainly the the 2015 one that gets Tyvis. I mean, those those three in the last decade, nine years, however you want to look at it. I mean, those that was a 2013, they were going to the title if they won that game, right? Mm -hmm. 2015, they would have had to still take care of business against Michigan. And then Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. Does that sound right? Because Penn State beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then the 2019 game against Clemson, you win that one. You are playing LSU for the title. Now, that doesn't mean they just win all three national Damn. championships, obviously. Especially that LSU team was, they were just, loaded, man. Just feeling but, that game is a big what if. Because it's Joe. Yeah. It's Joe Burrow. Oh, the headlines would have <laughs> written themselves. If only you could have had Dwayne face Joe. Yeah. When they were both yeah, still in school. Pretty crazy. Would have been a major what if, but... Yeah, so we'll we'll get you some of those. And again, we had Ty Tucker, the head coach for Ohio State. Really, he, he's the director of tennis for the men's and women's programs. But at the time that we talked, and maybe before you listen to this, they are still 
in the NCAA tournament and trying to advance, trying to win a national championship. They've got a match at home against USC this weekend. And Bryson Rogers, Bryson Rogers, one of the newest commits for the 2023 class. He just, he blew us away. In his interview, Great he was interview. spot on. He was, never, he was just perfect. You never know how high school kids are going to do in a setting like that, you know, because they're just, they're young. They're not really used to that. Still getting, yeah, still getting used to doing face, interviews. So to speak, but, and he was really good. Yeah. yeah. He said he's 100% committed. I can't imagine too many wide receiver commits are going to be leaving Brian Arline anytime soon. So that's one of those 100% committed that you feel, yeah, he's actually 100% committed. I wouldn't worry about that one too much. He was born in Ohio, so you can tell it means a lot to him. It's a dream. And and we're talking to him a day after we saw the offer from Texas go out to him. And that's three weeks after he committed to Ohio State. But he, he was fun to talk about. He was fun to talk to about what the stars actually mean because depending on where you look, he might only be a three-star guy, kind of four-star guy Olave a little bit, right? He loves Olave. Of, yeah. So yeah. Olave was a guy that was really, I think, Ohio State didn't in. even start recruiting until they saw they went out to see another kid, which probably happens a lot of recruiting stories. You go out to see one kid, you're like, who is that guy? And Olave's one of the best Ohio State receivers in school history. Yeah, yeah. Chris, three-star going in, five-star going out, pick. obviously. Yeah, number 10 overall. So sit back, enjoy. We'll give you some of the best of the Buckeye show from this week. Tyvis Powell, we want to thank him very much. And Bodie, thanks for hopping on, man. You always do a great job, so appreciate it. Yep, thank you, Demi. The show that knows how to throw a big, giant Buckeye party. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. Yes, you are. Timmy Hall and Antonio Pittman on a Monday. Party on, Antonio. Party on. And party on, Stephen Means from The Plain Dealer. Good to have you, man. We can talk anything with you. You're good with hoops, good with recruiting, good with football, obviously. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Party on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He knows the game. All right. So, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this today. I was looking at the USA Today. They did a post-spring rank. This is no surprise. I mean, Ohio State is going to live at the top of these rankings. Bama mm. 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Michigan 4. I, I guess the, the Buckeye question there is after you, you, you studied and you, you remember all the practices and media availabilities you, you, you soaked in during the spring, what's the one thing that you come away from the spring thinking, Ohio State's got to make some headway into the summer and then when they come back for fall camp in this area? And the part two will be, what do you think of Michigan being ranked so high there? Yeah, that's a lot. Um, the first part of that question, somebody on this defense needs to be a superstar. I have a name in my head, and that is JT Tuimaloau. I'm I've been going on record already saying I think he might be the the Big Ten defensive lineman of the year this year. I think he's just ready to take that leap. Yeah, because like I was asking Coach McMurati about him last week, and it's like that kid got here last July. Like think about it, he's not committed to Ohio State at this time last year. He's still going through. He still hasn't taken a visit anywhere yet, and right. he showed up halfway through the summer, and then he's the starting defensive end in like week three. That doesn't make any sense to anybody, not even the people in that program. McMurati called him an outlier. So what happens when he gets a normal offseason, you know, to go through winter workouts, to go through spring football, to go through fall camp like a normal kid, and that's already a five-star recruit, then what happens? So he's on – I'm on lookout for him to maybe be all Big Ten, all American status. But overall, the defense just needs to be better. I think we all kind of – understand what C.J. Stroud is going to be, what Travion Henderson is going to be, what Jackson Smith and Jigba and the rest of those receivers are going to be. It's all about is Jim Knowles going to take this 
talented Ohio State defense. It's got plenty of talent all over the place, but is it actually going to look like one of the better defenses in the country? Is it going to be more of what we've seen the last two seasons? So that's part one. Part two, um, I get it because Michigan does bring back a lot um, offensively, especially with Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy both being back as their quarterbacks. However, they want to figure that situation out. They lost Hassan Haskins, but I think Blake Corum is the better of the two running backs they used last year. So I think they got the better option still. So the only question I would have when, with why they would be that high is because Aiden Hutchinson was a number two pick in the draft, and David Ajabo would have been a first-rounder had he not gotten hurt during the draft process. And yeah, they're gone. Hill was a first-rounder. That, that's a lot that they've lost on defense. And they're not like Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama where they're reloading every single year. So that would be the only question is, is Michigan's defense who lost all those stars plus their defensive coordinator, plus their offensive coordinator still going to be that good next year. Good. That's that's good. Hey, Steven, it's Antonio. I got a question. Um, Looking forward into upcoming training camp, which, which freshman do you think will have the biggest impact defensively for Ohio state coming in this year? Yeah. Probably Kai Stokes at this point. And I know if you look at his recruiting ranking, it's not the highest in the world. And a lot of that is if he he's explained it time and time again. He didn't do the normal stuff that you do as a high school kid going around to all those camps where you get seen by all those people because he was pretty new to playing safety when he first started picking up the position in high school. And he didn't want to get out there and not perform well. And then instead of being a guy who was ranked in the 300s, now he's ranked in the 600s. But if you look at his offer sheet, he's got Ohio State, he's got Alabama, he's got Auburn, and on down the list. This is a guy who I told people to keep an eye out on throughout the spring, and then he was the first player to get lose his black stripe, and then he's making plays in the spring game. He almost picked off C.J. Stroud. So that's the first guy that comes to my attention there. And then obviously C.J. Hicks, the five-star linebacker, mm-hmm. At a position where there's not – I understand Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg return as the starters and Cody Simon as well, but nobody's established enough that a young guy can't come in there and, and demand playing time. So I'd say Kai Stokes in that back end and then C.J. Hicks at linebacker, those are two names to continue to watch throughout fall camp. Steven Means covers the Buckeyes, does it well for the plain dealer. He's on the Buckeyes show. He's on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Products fan guest hotline. I'm staring at a picture right now of C.J. Stroud looking at Heisman odds, and clearly he's going to be at the top of that. I, I feel like we've been we've been living in this since Dwayne, where every quarterback that started here, a lot of Buckeye fans have pointed and said, I, I think that's the best that we've ever had. I think that's the most talented that we've ever had. Are we going to be saying that about C.J. when he's done with this upcoming season? Yeah, and uh, we've reached a point where you almost want to say, can we just let like 10 years go by and then we can have the discussion? Um, yeah, because yeah. CJ, it, it, look, he's, it's him and Bryce Young right now as far as who are the favorites to win the Heisman, who are the favorites to you know win a national championship, who are the favorites to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Obviously, uh, Will Anderson's probably the best prospect heading into that 2023 NFL draft, but we know the value on quarterbacks that this makes this a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud conversation. Uh, yeah, this is the C.J. Stroud um, start, starting Ohio State quarterback second year. The the the, the all around C.J. Stroud is in full effect at this point. He's enjoying it, and honestly, he gets to enjoy it a little bit more than any other quarterback does because he gets to get paid to do it. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Speaking of sticking on the offensive side, you look at C.J. Stroud and the big numbers he put up, but then you have to switch over to Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
do you think he has a realistic shot at taking home the Blitnikoff Award? And that hasn't been an award that Ohio State receiver has won since, I want to say, Terry Glenn. Do you think mm-hmm. that's a possibility? Yes, and I think the only thing that might hold him back is that there's already an expectation that he's the favorite, especially right now with the actual winner, Jordan Addison, in the portal. We're not really sure where he's going to end up. I think there's an expectation on Jackson smith Jigba that might get in the way if, okay. let's say, the other wide receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, and Emeka Buka kind of show up. Because let's be honest here, the Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were in the same position a year ago where it's like, should those two be the favorites to win the Belentnikov? Yes, they're the best two wide receivers in the country. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba had 15 catches for 200 yards. And then the Rose Bowl happened, and a lot of other things happened. So, yes, I think he's the best wide receiver in the country. I think he's in the best position to possibly win that award. But at the same time, you know, he could have a Belitnikoff level season and not win the award just because of what the expectations are for him. Steven, could you take me to basketball here for a minute? We caught up at the Malachi press conference. We were talking a little bit about the freshmen that were coming in, and we we spent some time chatting with Jake Diebler as well. I'm just – I'm so infatuated with Bruce Thornton. I know you got big opinions on him and how good you think he's going to be. And and Bryce Sensabaugh, too. I – I said in the first hour, we were looking over our starting five. I had two of the freshmen in it. One of my friends was immediately texting me saying, no, you idiot. You got to give some more love to, to ice, to likely. And also to Sean McNeil, what these veterans are going to bring the transfers. How do you see the, this shake shakedown? Do you see freshmen starting or would you go more towards the transfer guys? I think when they get to the postseason, there should be some freshmen starting. I understand if you want to say Isaac likely and, Sean McNeil are starting on day one because of the experience and what they bring to the table. But, I mean, we saw with Malachi Brennan this past year. He didn't start the opening night against Akron. I guess when he started the very next game and he started the rest of the season because he's Malachi Brandon and he was a Big Ten freshman of the year and now he's a, you know, he might be a lottery pick in, two, in a month here. I'm not saying that anybody in this 2022 recruiting class is going to be a lottery pick this time next year, but their ceiling is high. Guys like Bruce Thornton, which, yeah, you already mentioned, I'm very high on what Bruce Thornton can be for this team. I think he might have the chance to be the best pure point guard they've had here in a while. Um, mm-hmm. I think Roddy Gale Jr. has some 3 and D in him and maybe some, you know, Isaac Apora from the Cleveland Cavaliers in him. I, I see that in him. Bryce Sensenball, this guy's the size of a tight end, and he doesn't move like a tight end. He moves like a person who's a lot quicker than that. And that's He's a beast. Interesting intrigue there. They've got four top 60 recruits coming in. And this is a team that's literally brand spanking new. There's only two guys back from last year who played any meaningful minutes because Justice Suing and Seth Towns are out. And that's Zed Key and that's Eugene Brown. So they are kind of starting from scratch here. And so I'm going to say the same thing to Chris Holtman that I would say to the Ohio State football staff. If you've got young players who are ready to shine, let them shine. Don't get so caught up in the experience factor that you get in the way of that. That's good stuff, man. That's a very good insight. We appreciate the time as always, guys. You can follow him and check him out. Steven Means from the Plain Dealer. He's well-versed on everything you're going to want intel on with Ohio State. Thanks for the time, man. We'll catch up soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Tyvis, <laughs> let's let's get the ball rolling on that, shall we? So you, you wanted to talk about some Buckeye what ifs here on a Wednesday. And when we say what if we could be talking about, well, we'll actually save if you could turn a loss into a win. I mean, a lot of those, you know, rush to the forefront. And I want to slim that down in the next segment for just the era in which Tyvis Powell played in. And I can already 
I can hear your wheels going. If you know when Tyvis played, you know what season we're sort of thinking about and pointing to a key game that you would want to flip around and turn it the other way for a different outcome. But there are there are a litany of what ifs that we have poured over over the last 10 or 20 years or whenever whenever you are really living with the Buckeyes and loving this football or basketball program or whatever sport you follow the most, I, I can go back to, I mean, shoot, one of the one of the fun what ifs to gloss over is if the Buckeyes did a self-imposed bowl ban in the 2011 season when mm. Trestle was out, Luke Fickle was the interim, and there was a lot of close games that year, but could you even imagine a six-win season for Ohio State football? What would happen in this town if that were ever to pop up again? God forbid, right? It happened. Oh. They went to a bowl game, lost, finished under five hundred, and then mm. the next year, Urban's first season, you're undefeated and you can't play <laughs> for anything. Yeah, that was a uh... man. That would have been nice if they would have. What if they just never did the tattoo things to begin with? Oh, what if? Man, it was, it's just... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a big what if. Yeah, if the tattoo thing just never happened. With... Tress would probably still be there, wouldn't you think? Yeah, what if Tressel did everything he was supposed to do as far as reporting that stuff, right? Man, what if? I'll tell you what, what if, what if, I got one for you. What if when the Ohio State Buckeyes played Florida in a championship game and Ted Ginn took the opening kickoff to the house, what if he didn't get hurt? Yeah, I don't know if, considering how the rest of that game played out, no, I don't know just, if that one thing was going to stop know. it. We, we don't know. <laughs> no, we, we don't. But I don't. I don't know if one man and Ted Ginn was going to stop that that mammoth on the other side. I know it would have been. It, uh, it would have been a threat. You had to put eyes on him for sure. No, the other what if though that that comes to mind when you say Ohio State Florida is the other Ohio State Florida. I'm talking about the basketball. I'm talking man. about what if Ohio State had just enough to beat that Florida team and win a national championship in hoops. What, I mean, what would the carryover have been? Would things be different or would we already be past that period of winning a national championship, getting a little bit of a, of an influx in recruiting? Because you could almost say the same thing for Florida, right? For what their basketball program was. They had Billy Donovan, they won two straight national championships, and I would almost, I, I would definitely say that Ohio State's basketball program is year to year a be- better program than Florida, wouldn't you? And they're I the would. team that won the two championships. What if? Okay, how about this? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you a what if that actually impacted me about basketball. What if? Ohio State, I think it would have been 2012, 2011, 2012. What if they didn't lose the Final Four and they beat that Kansas team? You know what would have happened? I would have got out of math class because the teacher said that she would have canceled class that day. So I would have been free to watch the game at home. That That's what would have happened. Well, you would have been free to watch the game anyway. That game would be at 9 o'clock at night, but you didn't have to I, go no, to school had, on a Monday. I did. No, I did. We had <laughs> I had a night class. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it was a, oh the, you had a class going on. That yeah, late, it was a, that late yes, at night? Yes. What? Because they, they scheduled it after um, – 
after uh, spring ball, spring practice. And we it was a bunch of us had the same math class that we all had to go through. I think it was from like 7 to, to 10 or 7 to 9 or something. like It was something ridiculous, and I hated it. I hated it. And that would have been Kentucky. That was the Kentucky-Kansas championship game. Anthony Davis had to have been on, on Big Blue that year. Mm. That wound up being a pretty good game. And being a Kansas guy, I remember the Jayhawks. I, I remember being proud of that team for making it all the way to the finals because I did not think that was one of their better teams. I, I, I felt like they've choked. Who are you talking about, Kansas? I'm talking about that Kansas team that beat Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, they had And then a, they, they wound up a, playing again the next year in the regular season, I want to say, in the Shotsky Center. Who was the center? or, or Jeff Withy. No, I yeah, wasn't. Jeff Whitney oh. was the dude blocking all of Sully's shots. They had that's Thomas Robinson I, as well. Was the, that, the better? That's talent. the name. That's the name I'm thinking of. Thomas Robinson. Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, he was pretty good. He was really good in college, man. I thought he was gonna be that deal in the league. To be honest with you, you you know what I, you know what I think about for, on the basketball side of things more so than just what if Ohio State had won that national championship? Because I, I ultimately don't know if that. That changes that much with the program. I mean, Thad still did what he did. He was an incredible coach. He was one of the best in Big Ten history. What I think about, though, is what if the same rule that applies in college football applies in college basketball, where if you got guys like Greg Oden and Mike Conley and Daquan Cook and they had to stay three years, right? Like if the NBA was a three-year-out-of-high-school deal – and for the most part, guys that come to Ohio State, they're staying for the three years and then moving on. Imagine if you had two more years of Greg Oden and Mike Conley and then play that out for a D'Angelo Russell as well type of well, talent at the end of Thad's tenure here. Well, I mean, if you want to go that far, then how about what if they would have applied that rule in 2002 and LeBron would have came to college? <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, that be something? yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean Wait. the the honorary locker is not an honorary locker anymore. It's actually his, and you just Man. keep it as a shrine. It's so crazy. What is it? Ohio State history. <laughs> it's like that Marvel show on Disney Plus. What if? There's so many, right? If the colors scarlet and gray made a sound, that sound would be this. This is the Buckeye Show. All right, Buckeye fans, we want to give you a formal Buckeye Show introduction. Whenever we hear about those booms on social media, that's a big deal. When the Buckeye football team gets a new recruit, one of the freshest guys. A few weeks ago, Bryson Rogers, wide receiver from Florida. He made his commitment known to The Ohio State University, and he's with us now on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Products Fan Guest Hotline. Bryson Rogers, all the way down from Florida. How we doing, man? Welcome to the show. Doing great, man. Doing great, man. Love, love to be on the show. Let's get to it. Oh, I, I, I can't wait. So you got to tell us about j- just really everything. You know, what went into the decision? Just how, how good of a feeling it was when you knew in your heart Ohio State was the program for you. What led to that decision a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah, man. Just getting down there on April 16th was a big part of me getting down there for that spring game. Uh, I was actually there the 15th with me and some of my family. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, we did like a little half-day visit set up with Coach Day and Coach Highline. Just really getting a connection with the staff, not really much of a visit because I saw everything I wanted to see the last time I was there. So um, just getting that half-day in with the uh, staff and all the culture and the family there, uh, 
talk some uh, business parts with the social media uh, networking and branding uh, team. We had, like, a really good conversation with them as well. Um, And just, like, right after that spring game, man, it just felt like a vibe. It just felt like it was was a dream coming true for me because being born in Warren, Ohio myself, I always grew up a Big Ten uh, football fan, but also not just that, just Ohio State fan in general ever since. I was four or five years old. I was in close head head to toe in Ohio State gear. So I mean, just always having that dream, and then just it all coming together with the good, great coaching staff and Coach Day as being the head coach and Coach Harlan being our receiver coach and all the amazing I staff mean, behind closed doors. Man, it's just it's a tremendous program, and it's 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 just going great. So that's what really led to my decision. Just everything coming out as one and letting God's timing come what prevail. Mm, I like that. I, I like this kid. He's uh, fired up. Hey, He's so you ready see, to go, uh, Thomas. Yeah, he got he, he, he gave us everything, everything we could ask for right there. I, so so <laughs> when you when you look at this Ohio State team, obviously you see the wide receivers that's going and how they're doing in the draft and in the NFL. Is there any OSU wide receiver that you kind of look up to? All time, my favorite wide receiver that came out of OSU – Man, probably going to be Chris Olave. Uh, mm. I, I like Chris ever since he came in to Ohio State. Uh, he, he, We kind of shared the same type of story, me and Jackson, too, with uh, just not always being the highly uh, ranked recruit, but just li- really just letting our game uh, speak for itself. And that's that's what Chris did ever since he came in at uh, number 17 at Ohio State. Everybody knows him as CO2, but when he came in with number 17 at Ohio State, making play as a uh, making plays as a youngin, man. He was just fun to watch, and I always just uh, loved the way he crafted his route running from anywhere anywhere he played on the field, and he just always made great plays for the Buckeyes. Uh, he's a great dude. I got to meet him when I was up there for the spring game, so I could tell that uh, coaches that get the chance to coach him love him as well. So just getting that connection with Chris and also watch him, his whole career at Ohio State is probably one of my favorite Buckeye receivers. Oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. We're talking with Bryson Rogers here tonight, guys. Six foot two, 170-pound wide receiver. Is that accurate, by the way? I always wonder how much the weight shifts around when you're looking at, like, your 247 sports profile. Are, are we good with the height and weight there? Uh, yeah, I'm about I'm about six two and a half, about 175 pounds right now. About 175, 177. I bounce from this was spring ball right now. Uh, not much in the weight room, and it's you know how it is out in Florida. It's hot and blazing. You out in the sun for an hour. I mean, your whole body drenched and sweat. So right. I mean, I bounce from about 177 to 175. But there, yeah, the height's correct. Six two, six six two, six two. And yeah. A half. Yeah, perfect. I'm, I'm sure on a hot day in Florida, too, depending on the diet, you can you could fluctuate between 10 pounds right there being an athlete, but that's good. I, and you mentioned Chris Olave, and the thing that, that we garnered most of our respect for him is how he showed up in the first edition, for him at least, in the game against Michigan, and he made a special teams play. He blocked a punt. It's those types of things. And you mentioned the star power, too. I've seen you. Some services have you as a four-star. The composite has you as a three. Does that give you a chip on your shoulder? How much do you guys really care about those stars in this recruiting game? Oh, uh, man, uh, I had a coach with, uh, talk with Coach Hogline. I really didn't care. We both know that I really don't care, and he doesn't care as well. Uh, as you can see, Coach Harlan's done a great job with uh, finding talent no matter where you play at, across the world, Florida, Arizona, California, just anywhere you anywhere you play at. So, I mean, I never doubt the work of Coach Harlan. Uh, the, dudes, the dudes that make those rankings, they, they say what they got to say, but that doesn't, that doesn't affect the way you play, I feel like. Um, I just go out there and play the game because I love it, not for the stars, not for the offers, not just for the attention, man. I really just love this game. 
I love the game of football, and I love everything it gives to me more than just the game. Uh, also, life lessons all around. Every day you learn a new lesson for football that progresses you in life. So, I mean, this game's given me so much that I would never let some stars or what other people have to say or think about me uh, affect my game. I just go out there and play because I love it. Ah, I like it. Yeah, this is you're going to be a good kid. You're going to be going to do really well there. My question is, my last question for you is the NIL deal in high school. What is your thoughts on that? Because you know, obviously that wasn't around when I was in high school and I went through recruiting. So I want to know, like, it's a how shame, do y'all Tyvis. feel? I, I, a damn it shame, is. man. It is. It is. <laughs> but I want to know, how do you feel about it? What's your thoughts and opinions on it? Uh, it's a great opportunity for young men to get their hands on money, uh, make some great relationships in the uh, in the field of uh, businesses, just coming in and trying to make deals with you. I, I love it, but at the same time, uh, I feel like it's not everything to a university. It's just how much money you're making. Uh, Ohio State is going to progress you go to the NFL, so that's where you, you're going to make money there. So, I mean, just knowing and coming in for the main focus, and that's football and being a student athlete. So, I mean, I mean, I love the factor that we can touch money uh, uh, just 18 through 22, 23 years old, having that head start um, before going to the next level. But I'm just making sure that I, I never take it for granted. Just always know that it's not everything in my process. And just uh, going, like I said earlier, just loving the game of football, going out and playing is the biggest thing for me. And let, let God take, every, uh, take care of everything itself. Now, Bryson, we know you're going to continue to be a big-time player, and we've even seen UT, the Longhorns, give you an offer. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking to you here in this interview. You've, you've got your head screwed on. You're, you're seeing the picture of what Ohio State can provide, maybe not stats in your very first year as a wide receiver, but the development under Brian Hartline. How, uh, ha- how, how solid are you? I know we got another year to go. It sounds like it is your dream, and guys, the vultures will be out there, and they might still try to recruit you. But how how committed, you know, percentage one through a hundred? How sure are you that Ohio State is going to be the team when you sign on the dotted line? Man, a hundred percent, man. Um, oh, it's just great! As simple as that. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I don't see any university in the country that uh, that's a better fit for me. Uh, it don't got to be the better fit for a wide receiver or the best fit for a quarterback, but you personally have to fit there. Um, I feel like it's a second home. It's a second nature. You got to be there for three to five years. So making that decision is just it, the decision has to fit you. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm 100% locked in. Um, Coach Harline even told me, I like how you said about the stats, not chasing stats the first year. A lot of dudes just go to a school to play the first year. Well, Coach Harline told me straight up in a meeting while I was uh, on a visit. Playing time's not guaranteed. Come in and work for everything. I give the job to the best dude. So, I mean, that's always my type of uh, mindset as well, uh, not having things handed to me, going in, uh, going in every day, working hard as I can as possible, and just being that guy is uh, going to – my time's going to come. All so, I mean, just go in there and work. And the dudes that they have now with Emeka and uh, Marvin Harrison and Jackson Smith still there too, those dudes are going to motivate you, give you knowledge on the game to even increase your level of play every time you go out there. So I feel like making that making that jump to college and making that jump to Ohio State is the best move for me, and it's the best fit. So I'm 100% locked in. All right. This this is good stuff. Tyvis, I think we found our next great Ohio State receiver. So I, I, it sounds like you got what you want, but we're going to talk to the coaching staff over there. Is, there. is there an amenity that you need in the Woody that maybe they didn't have, but you want like a, a certain you know video game, arcade machine, like ping pong table, hot tub? What do you want over there? We'll get it done. Nah, man, I love the Woody, man. That's a great spot. Uh, a lot of a lot of great things. I remember when I first walked on campus, they showed me the high video. You come through the doors, it's like this little like 
movie room type setup to the left, and I watched the uh, like this little hype video about the history and just how successful and prestigious the program's been. And man, it was it gave me chills. I I ain't gonna lie, when I watched that video, I knew I was committed. <laughs> I knew I knew that's something I wanted to be, <laughs> to be a part of. I knew I felt that in my, I just felt it in my body like it was just a feeling. It's something I really can't explain. Yes, it was it was a breathtaking moment for me uh, watching that video and then getting everything and it was just, it was just amazing. No, I get it. Trust me, I get it. Hey, do me a favor. When you get there, make Coach Mick your best friend, man. You, you do that, and you get in that playbook, man, you'll be very successful there. But make sure you and Coach Mick become best friends. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'll tell you what, too. I'm giving you Tyvis' cell phone number when we get off here and le- lean on that guy. L- listen to that guy and take his advice, and you'll go a long way. He knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. I believe in. I believe it. Bryson Rogers, wide receiver commit to the Ohio State University, joining us here tonight on the Buckeye Show. Thanks so much, man. Keep up the hard work. We can't wait to see you in Columbus. Absolutely, man. I appreciate I appreciate y'all. Go Bucks. Where every segment is another Buckeye surprise. You've got the Buckeye Show. All right, we got a good guest for you guys tonight as we take a trip around the block. Oh, some good things. Really, it's always good things with the tennis program because they're just freaking awesome. They they win and they win a lot. The women's program, the men's program, the guy on top of it all, the director, he is Ty Tucker. I don't know, Tyvis, it's a great name, right? Should we call this guy? Can we call this guy the GOAT of tennis at Ohio State? I mean, Coach Tucker, you have you're still coaching and the facility is named after you. I don't know where else we can find examples of this. Coach K's got the court named after him at Duke. I mean, th- this is pretty awesome. Congrats on another great season, man, and it's good to have you on the Buckeye show. I appreciate it, but you got a little carried away with all that, but uh you know <laughs> things have been going good and uh you know, we're in the final 16 at the NCAA, and we play USC uh, Saturday at noon. So uh, Southern Cal uh, showed up uh, yesterday, and I think they're looking forward to the match. And, of course, uh, we're looking forward. Anytime you're in the Big Ten and you get a chance to play the Trojans, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for anything more than that, especially at home. I'm new to this tennis world. So can you explain to me a little bit, and, and the listeners, you know, the tournament format? How does it go? See, you're probably going to have to talk to Coach Day. He's a tennis nut, you know. He's out here four <laughs> days a week getting balls. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember Day. seeing that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no kid, Coach uh, Day is good at tennis. You, you know, it's uh, it's a 64 draw like basketball. So you know, you start out uh, 64 teams get into the NCAA tournament. You mm-hmm. play the first two rounds just like basketball, and then uh, the round of 16 they call a super regional. So the higher seeded team gets to gets the host so eight teams get a host eight other teams in the round of 16 and then uh if we uh make it through this round uh the the eight teams go to the final site in champaign illinois in about a week hmm. okay i like that all right there we go so, let's go coach know, some extra incentive for us to uh get there because a lot of times they're they're sending us you know florida texas to some places where it's 85 90 degrees and we've been stuck mm-hmm. you know in 53 degree days so to have a chance to get to the quarterfinals and play in the big 10 footprint would uh, be pretty huge for us because we know what those courts are about and you know we're used to that kind of weather all right yeah that that's awesome and you know you get to play you mentioned usc the trojans are coming in i would imagine you want to you want to get the fans out for this right hosting super regionals that's a big deal so everything's going to be going on on campus this weekend 
I think that's why I'm on your show. We're trying to get some people out here. So, hey, uh, if we can kill two birds with one stone, talk some tennis and get the, the fine Buckeye fans out there, let's do it, man. I mean, for sure. There's not, not anything from what I've been told. There's nothing going on on campus. I think baseball's at the Big Ten tournament. Or they're, they've got, they're on the road, and softball's at the Big Ten tournament. So uh, most of the spring sports, I think uh, lacrosse might be uh, playing Cornell in the first round of the NCAA tournament at Cornell. So, you know, there's nothing going on. So, you know, let's try and get as many people out here on a Saturday to uh, to see the Buckeyes. But more importantly, I mean, maybe, what, three, four times in the past 20, 25 years, USC has shown up uh, to play Ohio State at Ohio State in any sport. So, you know, if you don't like the Trojans, it's a good time to drive here and come on out. Absolutely. What are, What is it about this this USC tennis team that makes them such a great opponent for the Buckeyes? You know, most of uh, if you look at uh, the national rankings for seniors in high school, you know, usually six out of the top ten are always from California. So they kind of go to USC, UCLA, or Stanford, and it's hard to get those guys to come over here and check out this weather. So you know, they've they're they're always pretty stacked. Um, probably six, seven years ago, actually in two thousand. I think 2009, our first NCAA finals, USC beat us, and we were favored at, at Texas A&M in the final match. So we lost in the finals to USC. We've beat, we lost in the finals of the National Indoor one year. We've beaten them in a couple semifinals of National Indoors and things. So, you know, we probably, you know, probably four and four. Ah, four and four since, we played, since I've been here eight times. We've probably played USC, and it's – probably straight down the middle, but they've beaten us in two finals. So, you know, USC, I think 2021 national championships. So, you know, they play some tennis at USC. Yeah. Ty Tucker, the director of the men's and women's tennis programs, is with us on the Buckeye Show. Big weekend coming up for the men as they roll on in the NCAA tournament. Tell us a little bit about this men's team. I mean, you've got studs all over to be ranked in the top five consistently all year. Robert Cash, J.J. Tracy, Kanan Kingsley. Uh, who, who else am I, am, I, am I missing? Give me the pronunciation on this guy's name because he's a stud too. Is it Maddie Voxel? Am I getting that right? Mate Vosel. Vosel. There we go. Vosel. Love it. He's been tremendous this year. No, Mate came from us from the fake OSU, uh, Oklahoma State. So he (laughs) uh, came last uh, grad transfer this year to come uh, uh, play at Ohio State. And uh, he and Robert Cash have been uh, the number one doubles team in the country for the whole season. They actually slipped to two uh, when they took a loss at – the Big Ten tournament, but uh, for the most uh, most of the season, they've been the best team in the country. They won the two fall nationals and uh, very, very very good team. Mate and Robert. Robert's from New Albany. We have Cannon Kingsley, who's a couple time All American, and he's only uh, he's a junior, so he's uh, been one of the ten best singles players in the country. JJ Tracy spent most of the year in the top twenty. Mate Vosel in the top ten. So you know we've got some. Uh, three, four All-Americans on the team, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a good year. But uh, down lower in the lineup, uh, you know, Trotter, Boulay, uh, Jake Van Emberg, guys have done a good job. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, five minutes of bad tennis can, can, can put you in trouble, so and can end the season. And, you, you know, you want to stay together and going out to dinner and spending time together, and you know that uh, – the next time someone hangs four points on you, you pack your bags and go home. So trying to uh, keep the band together for another week and a half. So, 
nothing's going to be easy, but I think we have the math to uh, to get the four on USC. But like I said, uh, you know, the doubles is the key, and uh, then you've got to go out there and you've got to outcompete some dudes. No doubt. Tyvis, how about that? All the uh, Oklahoma State guys transferring over here to the bigger and better Ohio State OSU. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I, you know what? Actually, I kind of do know what that's about. I mean, they want to be with winners. You know, that's – it's a it's Jim a great Knowles life. Followed Mate <laughs> people people get down to Columbus to see how good it is down there. They like, man, they've been missing out. I mean, a great city. I mean, you can't beat Ohio State, one of the best three athletic. But you can hate Ohio State and still have to. You still have to respect that it's the top three athletic department in the country. I think it's the best. But uh, I've been everywhere and. Uh, fortunate to be here. We've got a wonderful city, so it's a great time. I mean, to spend 18 to 23 years old, to, you know, 12th largest city in America, and you've got everything, everything going on. So the guys appreciate uh, appreciate Ohio State and appreciate the support they get and to be able to have the chances that they get playing, playing tennis is uh, wonderful. So hopefully they'll uh, show up on Saturday ready to thump somebody. No, no doubt, and you know, we, we'll no no offense to Stillwater. We'll we'll hook up some Cowboys as long as we can if we can uh, give them uh, an extended college experience. I, I got to ask you, you know, Tyvus was saying how he's kind of new to this tennis thing. What, what would you tell, in your opinion, what's the more entertaining form of tennis? We've got singles and we've got doubles. What do you think is more preferable to watch for the viewer? You know, doubles. You know, but it's you know, tennis is played on 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 professional tennis and all the tennis has played regular scoring but in college tennis as soon as you get the deuce you know in regular tennis pro tennis you've got to win two points in a row from deuce to win the game yeah. but it's sudden death every game so as soon as it gets the deuce it's just next point wins so you know it's very you know it's it, it's tricky there's, there's there's lots of big points and and in doubles most important important point of a college tennis match it lasts 25 or 30 minutes right from the start you know three teams from ohio state will play three teams from usc in doubles whoever wins two of those three matches gets to one point mm-hmm. and then, then essentially they line up six singles matches in a row and you know if you've got that 1-0 lead you're playing to four so all you have to do is split three of the six singles matches and you've got the w yeah no, it's it, it sounds really exciting, and I think fans will have a good time coming out here to support the team this weekend. I, I do got to know for you, while we have you here, we've had, speaking about professional tennis now, we've sort of had a golden age of these three unbelievable men's players at the highest of levels, and don't discount women's tennis too. I just want to know from you, if you had one tennis player that you were able to watch for the rest of your life, and only that one, and of course whoever they're playing, who would it be? I'm going to say James Trotter. He plays number five for us, and if he gets the win, I don't think USC can overcome that. <laughs> All right. Mm. Fantastic. Going with a Buckeye right there. <laughs> Ty Tucker, he's got the facility. He runs this program. Tennis is in great shape here at Ohio State. He's like a million-time Big Ten Coach of the Year, a former National Coach of the Year as well. We appreciate the time on the Buckeye Show, man. Guys, I like listening to you, and I appreciate your time.